Pastor Cliff giving us the opportunity to come and share again. He gave me some options, and I know he's going to watch this. He made sure I knew that he was going to watch this. He gave me some options of dates, and I chose the date where he wouldn't be here. But that's not because I don't like him. Um, It just kind of worked best in our schedule, but uh, we're so grateful for the privilege to be back and share. We were here in May, and so we just wanted to take some time to share a little bit about what's going on in our ministry, um, and then we're going to open the Word together this morning. Uh, we've been kind of on a, on a furlough and shared this morning more intentionally on what God did through our family in the area of counseling. We did a counseling thing this, this summer for three, month, or for three weeks in July and shared a little bit more intentionally this morning and very openly about that. So thank you for those who were able to hear about that and be able to pray for us. But I would like to take a moment and just share with you uh, a little bit of an update of what's going on in Portugal. The Lord has given to us... Um, this is a, my understanding is the projector is not working, correct? So thank you for the opportunity just to use this this morning because I wanted to share a few pictures that I think will just give you a little bit of an update of sometimes the question is what's my return of investment? And fellowship has been uh, investing in us through prayer, through giving, through encouragement for many, many years. And we're so grateful for the privilege to serve now almost 20 years together married with Word of Life, and we would like that to continue as long as the Lord keeps that door open, and that's our prayer. Uh, We serve in Europe. Uh, Word of Life has about 17 countries represented in in Europe. Of course, that doesn't mean, these are all the countries in Europe. That's not, we're not in all the countries in in Word of Life ministry, but we are in Europe. In fact, right now, I think it's the last, today's the last day of a conference of all of our European directors in Word of Life in Hungary, and so we're missing that. Uh, but because we're here sharing. And so we have the privilege uh, to serve more intentionally as well with Western Europe. We have a role. I kind of help connect our leaders in Western Europe. And so we're talking about Portugal, Spain, France, Italy. In the the way our ministry is set up, we also have Greece, and we have the United Kingdom up here. And so we're trying to work together better in the western zone. We have a central zone in Europe, and we have an eastern zone, somewhat of a new thing within the last year. In fact, when COVID hit, we kinda, this kind of kicked in. So our goal is that we will love on and care for and encourage the leaders in our uh, ministry as well as helping them filter that down to the teams. And so there's some things that will go along with that, that type of ministry, but we want to do it in a healthy way that involves our family as well. Think more intentionally about Portugal. This is Portugal, right, on the west part of there of Spain and the Iberian Peninsula. We also have the Azores, which are islands basically between Portugal and the United States, Portuguese islands. Um, I'll, I'll refer to those in a minute. The Lord's opened the door for us to have ministry there, share the gospel there, partnering with local churches, getting into public schools. Of course, COVID has changed a lot of that, but we're praying that that will open back up probably by next year, 2022 sometime. Madeira. Oh, Madeira is also another island, some islands, Portuguese islands as well. Have not been there, uh, but we're, if the Lord wants us to be there, he will make that clear and open those doors. But we pray for open doors specifically with local churches to partner with them. And I wanted to share this too because one of the things that I think it's important to understand when you think about missions in the context um, that we are living in, specifically in Portugal, is there's a lot of culture represented in Portugal. Portugal is a small country about the size of the state of Indiana with about 10 million people. There's a lot of culture represented. 
And um, you can see some things here, depends on how far back you're. There's some pastries here. There's port wine. Porto is, is uh, and in fact, Western Europe in general, there's just a lot of vineyards. There's a lot of wine. It's a, it's a product that um, is exported as well. We have a lot of cork. Cork is made uh, on the bark on trees in the middle kind of, of, of Portugal. It's really a dry area, so you'll see cork trees um, all over the place. And again, there's just a lot of different things. There's castles. There's music. Um, there's fish. There's tiles. Uh, a lot of different things represented in culture. I say that because... In the world that we live in today, it would be not good of a Portuguese to look at me and say, oh, you're American, okay, and then kind of understand who I am based upon the fact that I'm an American. Would that be a fair assumption of them? No. You know who they would compare me to? The president. Okay? So um, a lot of times, oh, you're an American, so um, are you like your president? Okay. Why do I say that? I say that because I think it's important for us to understand in, in, the, in the global reality of missions today that you cannot look at a person based on their passport or their nationality and think you know everything about who they are. When you think about the United States, specifically even when we thought about coming back uh, just now, the news, specifically Portuguese, our neighbors, older couple and one of the guys, single guy, uh, he had been divorced, shared the gospel with them. These are people that are our neighbors we shared the gospel with, and we're trying to live Christ out for them and love on them, even with our children. They were scared for us to come back because of the news. If you back up to 2020, into 2021, and thinking of what, what potentially could have been projected on the news, um, they thought it was a very unsafe place to be in the United States. But that's because um, they see the news, and then they kind of filter everything through what they saw. And I'm trying to explain to them that, well, well, what you see on the news is a very, very small percentage of the reality. And actually, we're not going to be near any of that reality. And it's probably not going to be going on over there. But what an opportunity for us to learn that God puts us all in different cultures. If we went around the room this morning, we would recognize that we all came from a different home with different parents who came from different places. Some may have grown up on a farm. Some may have grown up in the city. Some of you may have a single parent. Some of you just, there are so many different things. So it is not fair even for us. And as you think about Portugal, I want you to think about individuals. Because when we think about individuals, we, we want to be faithful to the people that God has put in front of us. And what a, what a, what a privilege it is to serve uh, there in Western Europe. So, I wanted to share, I say all that to say, I would like to share a few things about our ministry that's been going on. Uh, we've been coming out of COVID from a lockdown standpoint, from restriction standpoint. And so actually we opened the property after we left. Um, it opened back up in May. And um, in this was summer camp. We had four weeks of camp, 279 campers, which is 50% of our capacity. Our goal is over 500 campers. But because of COVID, we weren't able to do that. But there were 26 individuals who trusted Christ as their personal Savior. And I say that because 26 individuals in Portugal in the summer is a miracle of the Lord. Just talking about individuals putting their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. Um, we're partnering with local churches as well. And so you can pray for us in the follow-up with some of them. This is our staff. 
um, that served this summer and some of our counselors. We have 90 make decisions for Christ in some, some area of dedication, some things that they recognize that week through the opening of the scriptures that, and through working with their counselors that they wanted to work on some of these areas, and God was revealing that to them. And so as you look at numbers, I, I really want to be careful to recognize that these are people, individuals, that God is, God is working and God is, is moving in the hearts of people. The Lord opened the door for us this year because our, of uh, the situation of our property and our ministry that the Word of Life Bible Institute in Argentina uh, has a bilingual program where they try to encourage Americans and actually Germans because of connection with the leader there who's Swiss German to come in and learn Spanish to um, get excited about what God's doing in the Spanish-speaking world and potentially consider um, studying the Bible in Spanish and maybe even being a missionary uh, in, into a, a Spanish-speaking culture. Well, Argentina was closed because of COVID. Long story short, they ask us, over Zoom, I, I talked with them in May, uh, of the potential this fall to be on our property learning Spanish with Americans and Germans. Um, with our, our staff, we have 50% of our staff that's first language is Spanish. And so because of all the dynamics, the Lord opens the door. So this group of students and staff are also on our property right now um, in Portugal, which is just a really an answer to prayer of how we can just be of a blessing coming out of covid um, it just worked out in a specific way, and we're grateful for the Lord for that. Our property is back open this summer. Um, we had uh, quite a few churches and camps, and we, we used the, our property for retreats. And this is a group of churches um, from around, north of us that all partnered together, and they came and did baptisms. I think there's about eight uh, people that got baptized from the different churches, and uh, so it's really a privilege to be able to partner with the local churches in that way. This is our uh, Olympian program for kids that we do, encouraging the young people to know who, who God is through daily quiet time in God's Word, through weekly discipleship opportunities. And so this is our, these are our kids. The only people who are missing are these ones. So I know for them, they're excited to be able to go back and be of a part uh, one of the things I don't want to ever forget is that it is, it is valuable to invest in the next generation. And the impact that this church has had on my wife, the, in church that, the, the impact that the churches have had in, in my life as a young person last to today. And so we consider it a privilege to invest in the next generation to our community and to our own staff kids in an area where there's not an evangelical church present. And so we're trying to use an opportunity for the gospel right there. This young lady to the right here, I think I shared about Martha before, but this is another picture of her. I'd appreciate your prayers for Martha. Uh, she was supposed to be with us, but because of the, uh, the way that our government decided to not allow um, people come in as tourists, there, there were restrictions, so she could not come in. Uh, apparently, according to... The government on November 8th, they're going to open the northern to southern border and air traffic to vaccinated tourists. So the goal is on November 8th, 9th, 10th, some, somewhere that week, Martha will be flying to spend about six weeks with us. Uh, she is a Portuguese young lady from the Azores. Her dad is a pastor, and when we, we went to meet with the pastors on the Azores, they asked us to come and help them with evangelism and discipleship in the Azores. It's a very dark place. It's a mixture of um, Catholicism and Spiritism and idol worship, and the, the young people, the churches are asking for somebody to come in and encourage the young people to follow Jesus Christ. So Martha, 
um, after one of those trips, she wanted to spend some time with our ministry. She came for a summer, and then now she's spending a full year of a, in our discipleship training program that we just started. And she is tutoring Macayo right now over Zoom um, in Portuguese class because we have um, Kayana and Macayo and Adiel are still in Portuguese school. And so she's helping us help Macayo to keep going in his reading and his writing and uh, to be able to continue in learning Portuguese. And so we're praying that she's able to come. I wanted to share this because we had an opportunity to have about 15 to 20 pastors come for a pastor's conference. And this is one of the small groups and of some of the pastors, actually the guy um, there in the middle was our guest lecturer from Brazil. He's an American, but been in many, many uh, years as a pastor in Brazil and partnering with Word of Life. And I share that to say this, there has been an investment that we have tried to have in the local church in reestablishing trust and having pastors on our property for a conference. It was a, like a 24-hour, 36-hour overnight was something that God is doing just celebrating what God is doing. We want to be an encouragement to pastors, and so um, it was just so neat to see the pastors uh, that God provided there. And this is our staff. As you pray for us, think yes of our family and some of the needs we talked about this morning, but pray for us as we shepherd this staff. Uh, This is a, a large team. There's a few of them that aren't there, but this is the majority of our team that God has given to us. We have about six countries represented. Um... Uh, some Americans, some Brazilians, some Argentines, some Portuguese, French, uh, Chilean, and I think that's about it. But uh, what a privilege it is that we have to shepherd this team. These, are, this, these aren't all the kids, but these are all the adults and interns that are with us. And so I shared that to kind of put some faces with uh, the experience that God's given to us and the ministry that God's called us to there. And I think Pastor shared about this, and I had asked him about it, but this is, this is not the van we're looking for, but the van we are looking for looks something like this. Um, what we are looking for is a van. We sold the van that we had previously purchased. Or, uh, was a used van because we didn't trust it much past driving to Lisbon and back. And now that we go back, we're, we're looking to go to some of the other countries like France and Spain, driving there as a family, partnering with uh, getting to know the staff a little bit better, intentionally being there for some of the camps that they do, encouraging our teams and the role that we have. And as we, as the kids are getting a little bit older, they are getting musically inclined, and we are going to be traveling more intentionally and as a leader in the ministry, um, traveling more intentionally as a family and taking um, some of the people that we're discipling with us to different local churches. And so we're raising support for a van. Our goal is, is 25000 and that will give us 2017 or a 2018 van that'll be in good enough shape for us to be able to go. And so appreciate your prayers for that. If you're interested in giving towards that, um, Randy shared how that can be designated. Right now, just to give an update, as of uh, what, the church we were in last week, one of our supporting churches are taking an offering this morning. And so far from the churches that we've shared in, actually we've shared in two, this is the third church. We have about 8,500 so far towards the the project. So that's kind of an update of where we're at. Um, and then prayer requests. And then I've asked Moises to come, and, uh, and I'll explain that in a minute. Pray for safety as we travel, energy and strength. We are doing homeschool, some of them in Portuguese, some of them in English. Are kind of just to explain. In Portugal, after fourth grade, you go into junior high into fifth grade. And our, we've decided, and we feel the Lord's led us to get them started in Portuguese, language, grammar, um, 
and then connecting in the community, learning the culture, and then from fifth grade on just gives us some flexibility in our, in our family traveling and different things uh, to do homeschooling. So the older three are homeschooling in English. The younger three are in the Portuguese school. Uh, some fundraising that we're doing, pray for us as we travel, and, and we're working on that. And then we are returning back uh, December 29th. Lord willing, that's the goal. And we do have our tickets, um, and everything looks great to be able to return. I wanted to take just a moment uh, before we open the word together. This morning is maybe a little bit unique. I talked to a pastor about it, and we went through counseling this summer, and, and the Lord's been working on my heart um, in some different areas. And I just wanted to share one of those areas with you this morning, some things that I'm learning. And uh, we're going to open the word together. But if I would like us to start in Mark chapter 1 and just kind of preparing our hearts this morning. Mark chapter 1, I, I've shared on this before, and I shared a little bit this morning, but I am learning, the Lord is teaching me how to slow down and how to prioritize uh, Him in my life. And I wanted to look at Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 35. Kalea, can you bring me my water, please, on the other side of the bag? So if you remember, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Thank you. And... Uh, He's healing, and the crowds are coming to him, and he's becoming, uh, and one of the passages says he's, he's gaining fame, and there's a lot of people coming. Uh, he's healing at Capernaum right before this. And verse 35 says this, in the midst of ministry opportunities, in the midst of people coming, in the midst of people waiting in the morning for Jesus to come out and heal the people that they brought to them, to see what's going on, to kind of experience what people had talked about. Of course, there was no social media at that time, so it was word of mouth that was spreading, and it was spreading fast that something is going on, and Jesus is healing people, and we need to be, we need to be around for that. In the midst of that crazy, we would say, successful ministry and, and growth and wow the people are here and we have all these people what did jesus do it says in verse 35 very early in the morning while it was still dark he got up he went out and made his way to a deserted place and there he was what he was praying see one of the things that i am so grateful for here you can see this in the gospels jesus took time intentionally to get up, I'm sure he didn't have an alarm, but somehow he, he got up intentionally to go to a deserted place to spend time with the Father. And so as we start this morning, I just want to do that. We're going to take some time. We're not going to go to a deserted place. But right here, we're just going to take a moment. I've asked my son to play. And I would just ask us to say, Lord, here we are and here I am. Lord, speak to my heart this morning. Let's pray silently and then I'll, I'll open us. Lord, what a privilege it is to come before you this morning and focus on your word. Lord, open our hearts. Lord, help us to be ready to learn from your word this morning. May your Holy Spirit continue to guide us for your honor and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Moisesh. Well, I just want to share this morning briefly on a topic that God has been working on in my heart. It's a, it's a 
kind of a, a passion of mine, and I appreciate the focus on love this morning because I think there is something special that God created within the body of Christ to demonstrate a love that is completely different than the love that the world is portraying, right? There's a love, and that, that list in 1 Corinthians 13 shows something completely different from what is displayed. It's interesting being back in the U.S., and uh, we don't watch TV a ton, but we do watch some football when we can. Um, but uh, it's been interesting to see the commercials and how many of the commercials can tie into the world's love. Buying a car, fast food restaurants, it can go on and on. And <laughs> somehow the world's thoughts of love kind of try to tie into everything. Um, but I would submit this morning, and I think we would agree that the love that Jesus Christ showed and the, the love of the Father to send His Son, Jesus Christ, is a different kind of love. It's a sacrificial love. And so this morning, within the body of Christ, I wanted to just share specifically on biblical community and me. I was sharing with Pastor that I just want to share a few thoughts that God has been challenging me on. And I put the me there. If you were there this morning uh, when we talked about counseling, I put the me there because what I am recognizing is that this is not just for us. This is for me. Biblical community in me. Real briefly here, the definition of community is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. So we can find community groups. Uh, social media has community groups. You can find community groups in your local community um, in different ways, different things. A group of people living together in one place, especially one practicing common ownership. So... We know what community is, but where do we find biblical community? Community within the body of Christ. And so, that's a question this morning. Where do we find biblical community? There's probably one obvious place. The local church, right? We can find biblical community in local church. Where else could we find biblical community? At school, okay. Depends on the place, depends on the group. We were talking, Randy, about fellowship of Christian athletes. That's a, a kind of a focus on biblical community for, for Christian athletes. Anything else? Family. There we go. It's not always, potentially. We could be in families that don't pursue the biblical community. It depends. Um, but that is definitely a place that we can pursue biblical community. Okay, anything else? I think there's a lot of different things we can consider. I know here we have a men's breakfast, right, where, where you can, that's kind of the goal, to pursue kind of biblical community or accountability together. And there are some other things, some ladies' fellowships, different things that we can do uh, to pursue that. Let me ask another question that's maybe a little bit harder, um, but honesty is where we're at this morning. Do we have a problem, let's just... Um, Narrow it down a little bit. Do we have a problem within the United States uh, with biblical community? How many of you would say, yes, we do? Okay, a lot of you. Um, let me share this with you. I, you may not be able to see it. I'll just read it. This is a quote from a, from a book um, we, we talked about in counseling. I actually haven't read the book. I just found the quote to be really helpful to, for me to understand some things going on in my own heart. It's talking about 
people who are full-time in ministry, maybe it's pastors or missionaries or leaders within the evangelical community, says they can have the tendencies to separate themselves from their own concrete community, try to deal with their needs by ignoring them or satisfying them in distant or anonymous places. And what I have underlined here is, and then they experience an increasing split between their innermost private inner world and the good news of the gospel that they announce. Does that make sense? So it's talking about uh, ministers of the gospel, leaders within the evangelical community who have the tendency sometimes, not everyone, but have a tendency to communicate the gospel but live a different way internally. When ministers live their ministry mostly in their heads and relate the gospel as a set of valuable ideas to be announced, the body quickly takes revenge by screaming loudly for affection and intimacy. God has wired us in a unique way, and he has created something called the body of Christ. And there is something that I, I, the Lord has been working on in my heart, specifically in the last two years when living in a, a, another country that's not where I was raised, in the middle of something that I have never experienced before, a pandemic, and in the middle of an election year for the United States, where I was watching things unfold from a distance, people asking questions as an American in Portugal, what's going on with your country, what's going on with this, and then watching the reality of social media of evangelicals responding to a world in chaos. And I, I started to ask the Lord, Lord, how do we, how, how should we be responding? And then how should I be responding in the local church, in the context of the local church? And I would submit to you this morning, the context of biblical community in a world of chaos. And there's some things that the Lord's been specifically teaching me that I, I've taken away. And when, after counseling and really during the, the, kind of the end of counseling, I started to jot some things down. And I just wanted to share this morning what God has been teaching me. And hopefully it'll be helpful for us as we consider. I have a question at the end for all of us to consider. So this, here's where I want to briefly go this morning. Biblical community and me. What's God's plan? Okay, within the context of biblical community, God's plan is unity. What's my role with biblical community? My role is responsibility. And what is my goal? My goal is to be realistic. It's very simple. We're going to go to different passages this morning. I just want to highlight. So if you have your Bibles, we may be flipping a little bit. But first of all, what's God's plan? Within the context of biblical community, God's plan is unity. And we could spend a lot of time talking about unity. A lot of time on uh, how hard work, how hard it is within the context of biblical community to work towards unity. But God has given to us through His Holy Spirit, through His Word, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, giving us the tools to have it, giving us the tools to work through it in a way that the world does not have. Want to talk about unity? Do we have great unity here in the United States? No, uh, I, I mean I wouldn't say so. And so. God's plan is unity. If you, if you look at 1 Corinthians, I have it here, but if, if you want to turn in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 
verses 16 and 17. One of the things that I noticed, and there's a lot of passages we could go to, so I'm just highlighting a few here. Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. What the Apostle Paul is saying here is within the body of Christ, if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us, we are considered part of God's temple. And it's this spiritual thing that the Lord does inside of us that makes us a part of the body of Christ. And that unity from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I believe is a picture for us and is a part of living inside of us. And so we have this potential unity within the body of Christ in biblical community because of what Christ has done, because of what God the Father has done and because of what God the Holy Spirit is doing in, in unity together, right, through the Trinity. Such an example for us and what a privilege it is because of God's love for us that we have a privilege to be a part of it uh, through Jesus Christ. God's plan, well, Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. God's plan of unity, not only in me, okay, because of what the Lord has done through, through the work of God the Father, God the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit through the Trinity, but when we're a part of the body of Christ in biblical community, that unity comes through me or, or through us as individuals to others. I put a picture of a passport here because I think it's a good analogy of, okay, we have a physical um, identity as a culture, right? In the United States, uh, we, we, if you're an American, you have an American passport. Um, if we have American passports as a family, and then we have Portuguese residencies. But our passports, we are citizens of the United States. We are residents in, legally, in Portugal. But this is talking about something different. This is talking about a spiritual uh, residency or a spiritual identity. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers. There has been a lot of talk about borders and foreigners and strangers and legals and illegals within the context of our own country. But this is a spiritual context. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. And so when we become part of the body of Christ, we are part of God's plan and God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. So one of the things that, I, that I'm learning is that God's plan is unity in me from the, what the Trinity has done and, and allowed, and then through me as part of biblical community within the context of the local church because of what Christ has done, and he's the cornerstone. Another passage that I think is really, has been really helpful for me in, in this, and specifically uh, thinking through what is our response as a body of Christ within a world of chaos, is what Jesus prayed in John 17. It's probably a very familiar passage for you, but it says this, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one. Jesus is praying for unity within the context of the body of Christ. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe 
you send me. And I have been freshly reminded that the way that I deal with and fellowship with and pursue biblical community within the context of the local church, yes, the local body, yes, but also the universal body of Christ with other believers, the way that I respond and react in those contexts is an opportunity for others to know that Jesus is the Lord. And Jesus prayed for that. I am in them, verse 23, and you are in me so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know you have set me and have loved them as you have loved me. We have a tremendous opportunity and a privilege to love one another in the way that Jesus Christ has demonstrated to us. Why? So that they will know there's a difference. And in a world in chaos, I believe that God wants to use the local church to love on one another in such a way that people see there is something going on here that is different. What a privilege to be a part of that. What a privilege to be a part of that. And so I don't want to spend too much time on this. I just have really been... um, challenged as the Lord works in me to to think, okay, what is our role? When I think about the local church, we're technically members of Mount Sharon Baptist Church, set by Mount Sharon Baptist Church, and kind of as well, Grace Bible Fellowship, our church out of New York. We are members in Portugal of a church, Kalush Baptist Church, which is a, a church outside of Lisbon. And we asked the pastor, okay, we're members of the United States, we're missionaries, how how do you want us to approach it? He said, well, you don't have to transfer your membership and eliminate your membership over there in the United States, but it would be really helpful for our church for, for them to see that you are part of our local body and submitting to the leadership of the local church. So what did we do? We became members of the church. We went through the board. We were approved. Uh, two of the boys have both been baptized uh, through that church. Um, and so we have, of course, the local body, but we also have universal body of Christ, that other believers that that we come in contact with and and we minister to and we minister with. The other thing that the Lord is teaching me in in this area of biblical community is to take responsibility. What do I mean? Taking ownership. In Matthew chapter 12, uh, and here's Jesus again speaking, again, a familiar passage. Matthew 12, 46 through 50 says this. While he was still speaking with the crowds, his mothers and brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied to the one who was speaking to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Now, I don't think that Jesus was trying to deny here that there was some family that he had. But I do think he was pointing to something very important. Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I shared this morning a little more intentionally. When when you're, as missionaries uh, overseas, we're not with our biological family very much. We have no biological family in Portugal with us. And yet within the body of Christ, there has been people that have come alongside of us and along of our children that are, we would consider family in this sense. And what I see here that Jesus is doing and that that I was really challenged by in my own life is that 
I can't look at these other believers in front of me and choose which ones I want to be with or which ones I want to fellowship with because it's not my family. It's God's household, right? And what Jesus has done here is modeled in ownership. I'm a part of this. And these are my family. This is, this is my family also. And to me, it's a matter of ownership and responsibility that I have to take ownership with. We have been through, I shared this morning, we have been through some challenges that have really made it difficult for me to want to take ownership of other believers. Challenging circumstances, challenging situations. And yet the, the Lord demonstrates here a care for the body of Christ and that we can take ownership and that I specifically can take ownership there. And lastly... Just to be really practical, um, what I didn't share a ton about this morning is that I can, I don't know, it depends on your personality, but I'm one of those guys that I, my expectations for myself are really high. I went, uh, I had the privilege to go golfing with Randy and with Nathan on Friday, Moequa, right? My expectations for golfing, how many of you like to golf? Okay, a few of us. <laughs> um, is that I would get a, a par once in a while, or a lot of the time. I would prefer to get a par every time. But the reality is that when there's a water, in, a, a water hole in front of us, or I just have a, a knack for hitting it in the water. Unfortunately, in golf, that's a penalty. Um, there were some that we golfed with on Friday that hit into the water a lot. But I don't see him here this morning, so we're, we're good. No. But expectations, I can have expectations that are here when the reality is here. Anybody else struggle with that? A few of us this morning? And I can not only do that when, for myself, but for my wife or for my children or for others that are around me. My expectation can be here when my, the reality is probably it should be here. And so what I'm learning and Lord, the Lord is, is working deeply with me on is to be realistic within the biblical community, within the body of Christ. And here's some things that, that I am working on understanding. That there are going to be obstacles. Okay? Peyton and I did uh, a daddy, kind of a daddy date. We went camping and we went kayaking. Although we never experienced this obstacle here, which was uh, no water on the other side of the dam. But there are obstacles. The reality in life is that you, there are times where you are coming like this. And you're like, well, I, I thought it was going to be just water the whole time. And it's just going to be easy. And No, the reality is there's obstacles. What are some of those obstacles for us this morning and for me? It's culture. Culture that I came from. I'm a Hoosier. You know, yesterday we went to the, the corn maze and uh, the pumpkin patch there at Passion Community Church, is that that's how they say it? And I was talking to Pastor, the Pastor Shane there, and, um, oh yeah, I, I fought, forgot where I was going now. I was talking to him, and you know what I told him? I said, I'm from Indiana, and you know the first response was, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, well, come on, now. we're just, we're kind of like, I'm, I'm a Hoosier, I'm, not, it's not that bad. Not like from New York or California. I mean, we're in, we're in the same family here in the Midwest, okay? Um, but it's just interesting. Even with, as an American in Illinois, I say Indiana and people are like, Bruh. no, why? Because culture is different. 
right? There's a football culture here that is not for the teams that I prefer in Indiana. And there, we all just come from different places and different homes, and culture makes a difference. And so working within the context of the body of Christ, within biblical community, some obstacles could be culture. It could be shame. It, different things people are going through. It can be fear. Fear of trying to work things out. Fear of dealing with different things. It can be burnout. Whether it's from a work environment or, or other things that have been going on in our lives where we're just, we're just overwhelmed, we're just toast. It could be expectations. Just you have a different expectation than I have. And so we have to, there's going to be challenges there. There's going to be uh, obstacles. And so what I'm learning is that I need to just be realistic. Or we're going into things. I just got to know the other person's probably not thinking I hate him. The other person's probably thinking, well, that's not maybe the way I would do it. Because when I, it could be something as simple as that. And so learning to be realistic is something that the Lord is working on. Another thing, uh, learning to be realistic, is, has to do with boundaries. Now, in Portugal, we have uh, most people, they put uh, a fence, some sort of a fence, and many times it's, it's a stone wall around their border, their property, right? So you can know exactly uh, where that is. Boundaries um, are necessary. Some fences sometimes are necessary, even in the areas of family knowing when it's actually your situation to deal with or it's not. or One of the things we dealt with with counseling is, was the analogy of, okay, so all of us have trash, right? We all have different things that we deal with, challenges that we deal with. But when somebody's putting their trash on, over your fence onto your territory, then you can understand you don't need to deal with that trash. That's theirs. And... It was a good thing for me to understand that sometimes we try to deal with everybody else's trash because they're putting it all in our yard, when in reality, we need to create a little bit of boundaries. Not that we don't help in different circumstances, but there needs to be boundaries. Maybe with friends, having healthy boundaries with friends. Those of you who know in parenting, one of the things we're learning, even in parenting, uh, is that there are healthy boundaries with friends that... They don't need to be with friends 24-7. There, there has to be some boundaries. There has to be some restrictions. Church, healthy boundaries of church. Um, whether it's time, whether it's different roles that we're taking, healthy boundaries at work. And then something that maybe doesn't get talked about as much, but I, I know that I need healthy boundaries with technology. Healthy boundaries with technology. Because within the context of biblical community, some of the challenges can be that we know people better on social media than we know the people right in front of us that we see with our eyeballs. When in reality, we don't really know the people that we see on social media. We just know some things that they're telling us. Right? And one of the challenges that I have been, had to work with is, is boundaries in this area. Understanding. Um, I really want to pursue knowing people better face-to-face in a world that we have access to everything in, in this regard. And then lastly, I just want to share something. Um, I need to get a good picture of my wife and I here, but we just don't have one. But one of the things that I'm learning within the context of biblical community and pursuing one another 
uh, for God's glory within the body of Christ, I need to be realistic. I need to expect conflict. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just think it should be easier than it is. But I need to expect conflict. It says in Galatians 6, 1, Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in a wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, go tell everybody how bad they are. No, no, that's actually not what it says here. You who are spiritual, uh, talk to everybody else about it, but don't talk to them. No, it doesn't say that. You who are spiritual, restore such a person with what? A gentle spirit. Watching out for yourselves that you also won't be tempted. Wow. Wow. I, I really struggle with wanting to seek restoration with the spirit of gentleness. I want to talk about one of the things that in the body of Christ, I believe we can speak into is caring for one another in such a way that we're helping and our goal because of what Christ has done. Our goal is restoration with the spirit of gentleness. Because that is not what a world in chaos has demonstrated that they're pursuing. And the Lord has given to us, through His power and through His goodness and through His sovereignty, these, these opportunities. And so these are some things within uh, the goal of being realistic that I'm learning. So just to recap, what's God's plan within the body of Christ and biblical community? His, his plan and his, his goal is and will be unity. Unity within the Trinity and within each and every one of us. And we have the privilege to work together towards unity. My role is to take responsibility. I have to take responsibility. I have to take ownership of having the privilege of being within the body of Christ. God's household. I really have the the rights to choose uh, who I like within the body of Christ. It's, It's his body. Of course, uh, my goal also is to be realistic. And from an expectation standpoint, from a conflict standpoint, just being realistic and trusting the Lord through this process of biblical community in me. And so as we close, I I just wanted to uh, ask a question this morning as we close, and then we'll have a word of prayer. What's my next step toward biblical community? I want you to ask that question. What is my next step toward biblical community? This is not for you to share with the world necessarily. This is for you to kind of wrestle with the Lord. Say, Lord, what is my next step? What do you want me? What What do you want me to do? Because we can't do it all. But Lord, is it to create maybe healthy boundaries in in one area or another, or is it to uh, pursue some of the conflict that? You've brought it to my life and may take ownership of, of some of these things. And what is it? Because that's something between us and the Holy Spirit and the God's word working in our hearts. What is our next step towards? What is my next step toward biblical community? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we just praise you for the privilege to come together this morning. But on a rainy day, just to come together to be obedient to you, to, to pursue worship together in, inside of a biblical community. And Lord, we praise you for that privilege this morning. We praise you for the freedoms that we have to be able to worship you freely. 
And Lord, in this area of biblical community, Lord, I pray that you would help me this morning, Lord, to, to, be, do, to be realistic. Lord, to seek unity. And Lord, that you would help us to wrestle with this next step. Lord, what is that next step for us? Lord, as we take ownership for the privilege to be within the body of Christ. Lord, may biblical community be something that we are able to just lean into so that the world may know that you are the hope for eternal life. Lord, we thank you for a church here, a fellowship that is pursuing your glory. Lord, continue to use it. Lord, we pray for all of the different families represented and workplaces represented and and children and families and, and situations represented. Lord, may we pursue your glory in the midst of these things. And may we pursue unity for your glory. And Lord, that together we would demonstrate to the, the community around that there is a God that loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for our sins. And Lord, we can have a personal relationship with you. We praise you for it. In your name we pray. Amen.